Sweat and Grime is brought to you by Sensit, the equipment monitoring experts. Learn more at Sensit.io. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Sweat and Grime. So this week, we're going to play a little musical cheers due to a little mis- miscommunication. So <laughs> in the studio tonight, we have Matt motherfucking Totten. What's up, y'all? But not in the studio is Mr. Rick the Dick Valco. So hey, guys. Unfortunately, uh, we had agreed to <laughs> podcast a little earlier this evening, and then Rick and I both forgot about it. But because the podcast takes place at my house, I happen to be here almost on time. I was on time. I was actually early. Meanwhile, Rick is uh, at his place, you know, showering and, and getting all out. Yeah, pretty prettied up. So uh, Rick's going to join us here shortly. And then depending on how long we go, Matt may rotate out <laughs> and Rick and I will finish. We'll just <laughs> who the fuck knows where we're going to go tonight. So anyway, uh, it's summertime, man. We're just it busy. Is, it's summertime. Things are really well. Tell us about life, Matt, because it is fucking popping off. Shit. I don't know. I don't know where to start. Like it's been just uh, it's a whirlwind. You know, I was what I missed the last two podcasts due to one. I was uh, out in Colorado visiting some uh, good friends from college and uh, being their godfather at their uh, baptism. So that was a pretty special moment. But uh, as for work, man, oh, it's getting it's it's freaking getting busy. So, you know, the storm has hit 100 percent. So that's where we're at. So, um, <laughs> shit, we've been working on your property. You, yep. know, you guys have been, you know, more than I have, but so we've got the property going, uh, and in case, and if you guys don't know what he's referencing, so we, we have you broken should know ground. If you listen to the yeah. Podcast. If you on. listen to the podcast, you should know, but yeah. we have officially broken ground on my new future residence, but more importantly, it's going to be the new diesel and iron video studio and the sweat and grind podcast. Studio. We actually have those built into the building as permanent, uh, non rooms that we have converted. <laughs> we're with, not in the kids. Uh, yeah, we're not in the homeschool kids room. Play, yeah, exactly. We don't have <laughs> sleeping bags on the walls to dampen sound. Like it's going to be a legit studio. And so we officially have broken ground on that. We've got the driveway going in. Uh, in fact, that's where I was this afternoon. I we just I was gonna finished. say how far have you guys gotten so we since I was last there? The driveway, this right. the driveway is totally you in got now. stoned or you, you know what? If if circumstances right. were different and I didn't have obligations this evening, there's a decent <laughs> chance I would have gotten stoned to stone the driveway. All right. My own property. Yeah, no right. one's out there. Yeah, if I hit trouble. a tree, who cares? Yeah, right. Whatever. But yeah, the wife was, may be pissed if you hit another tree or take it down another tree. Uh, you know, that's true, but she can deal with it She's and I won't really care because I'll be high as fuck. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, we've officially got the driveway stone. We're getting ready to line out the well drillers come out. Um, I've got uh, hopefully my land use permit's going to come through in the next week or nice. so. And then in the next two to three weeks, we're going to put in footers so that we can start prepping to pour the slab. I mean, things are freaking cranking. How deep cranking. is your well? Do you know that yet or no? I don't know. Most of the wells in the in the area, they said, were less than 100 foot. So it's probably going to be around so 70 be like to 90 300 feet. 300 or something probably. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing my <laughs> luck. Um, so anyway, we've got that that has been going on in the background as I can juggle it. Uh, I also, for those of you who don't know, I host a show on YouTube for Randall Riley called The Dirt. Uh, it is on Equipment World. If you search Equipment World on on YouTube, it should pop right up. Just That's, put in Brian Furnace. Yeah, and badass, he's a pretty big fucking deal now. Exactly. So. I'm everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, for Randall Riley, we have been discussing me going to Tomahawk, Wisconsin, which for those in the non in the dirt industry, in way the fuck up there. Right. It's like three like hours Minnesota. north of Milwaukee. 
Oh, wow. All right. It's That's way the fuck up there. And so uh, for those of you not in the industry, that is case. That is where their proving grounds and their kind of big take you out and, yeah. and wow you facility is. All right. And one of the things they have there is the new Minotaur that no one has really gotten the to Minotaur. see. So I'm getting to go run the Minotaur. What the fuck is this? Is this online right now? Oh, yeah. Everybody in the industry knows about it because it's the, it's one of these uh, first of its class machines. It is a skid steer dozer combination machine. And everyone in the industry has been super stoked because no one has anything like this. And and everyone's really curious how it performs. Now, unfortunately, oh boy. <laughs> the way this is it all timing out. It has a and everything. Holy shit. Oh, it's got, it's, yeah, it's got a ripper package on it. It's got, you can get it with rubber What's tracks, steel tracks. What's that little on the back of it? <laughs> yeah, the rippers. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I'm supposed to go run this thing. Well, unfortunately, it's timing out. Rick and I, I won't say who we're working for because I don't know if we're allowed to, but it is a large beverage manufacturer that we are working. We have a $1.2 million contract. So this is not a little job. It's, it's a legit big job. That is timing out to where it kicks off Monday. It's all when my shit starts a bathroom that I start. Yeah. So Todd's got a bathroom going. You're going out. Rand O'Reilly has said, Hey, by the way, that Minotaur, we finally locked it in and it's for next Wednesday through Friday. I'm like, Oh, that's great. So we're going to fire off the (laughs) beverage job. Uh, and I will be with Rick through Wednesday afternoon. And then Rick's going to fly solo for a couple days. I'll probably be dragged into that. And, uh, I'll have the bathroom demoed out and waiting for everything to all the finishes. Yeah. That would be perfect timing to help Rick out. Cause I ain't going to be there taking the seat. And then, and then I'm back for a week, and then I also do video work for Chevron, which you may have seen me on social media if you're on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Barstool Media. If you listen to any Barstool yeah. Sports, uh, you'll probably either see one of my little ads or hear my voice uh, on on one of your little previews. But I also do Chevron. Fuck, we work. can't get away from you. Like everything I watch it's and listen man. to, it's like it's everywhere. That is voice. That's the goal. Haunting me at night. You know what? If I can't be a micro by getting on the Discovery Channel, <laughs> I'm just gonna force force right. my way into just your household. Just. <laughs> We're just gonna steamroll through. And so Chevron, after being back in town for a week, Chevron is actually flying me to Richmond, California, and then San Antonio, Texas, to go film some internal videos for them. And then my brother-in-law, who is out of the Austin area, he's like, oh, you're going to be down here. I need you to do some video work for me. And so while I'm there, I'm also piggybacking another video. Like, There's so much shit that's all happening so in the Brian's next three weeks. So what Brian's trying to say, he's trying to prep you guys that fucking Rick and Matt motherfucking Totten are going to be, be flying heading solo this here for fucking a while. operation out for about a month. So it's, prepare yourselves for some of the best podcasts that are going to debut in probably about a month. <laughs> it's uh, I forgot you knew, got new plugs. Oh, I got, yeah, I got three pages of them, and I got a, I got another two pages worth upstairs. I still got to load in. Jesus. So, um, it's yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy it's be here. It's it's we've really. You know how it all goes. We got Every, some pretty fucking badass guests coming we on. We do have some really badass guests, future. and that's unfortunate because I'm gonna have to miss a couple of them, and and it's some of yeah. the ones like Forrest from Eagle Eye Productions. I've I've been waiting for six. Is there fucking any way months. that we can have you call in and him come all, call in? <sighs> we'll have to see. Let like me you're think. You're just gonna be sitting in a hotel room, you know, in the corner. It probably. Yeah, I yeah. Was gonna, yeah, that's yeah. all right. We're yeah. on swing grind. I threw Rick in under the bus. He's already doing that. So that's why I said. <laughs> no, it's uh I gotta think about that. So that is that's when I am in Wisconsin. Tom Hawk next week, yeah. Yeah, so, so I could potentially call in. I may do yeah, that. You're we'll within see. the 
the same that's uh, true. as an hour I, I gotta see how fast I finish that evening yeah. you know if well, it's a strong <laughs> finish if it's a quick finish with, I might with, make with it running in time the, with running the dozer or the mat, martitar whatever the fuck it is the manitar manitar <laughs> the minotaur minotaur uh, yes either that or jerking who knows <laughs> You know, well, let's see like where the evening seconds, takes but, us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see because there is a good chance that I will actually be out to dinner with my editor and some case people because that that's be the really way those trips typically that go. Could be really interesting. And then maybe we come back with a case sponsorship. We got, we got Rick just freaking blast or not Rick, uh, Brian blasted after having some uh, cocktails. Now that <laughs> could be people. a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's. Kind of everything, you know how it is in, in the trades. You're slow, 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 and then everything converges on two weeks, and you're somehow supposed to juggle all of it. And yeah. that is where we're at. Yep. And so, uh, so yeah, that's a quick update. And then on top of that, I might as well just spill the beans here. Like, oh, I had shit. to put my dog down. Oh, yeah, dude. That was, and that was fucking brutal. Like, I think we were talking that, that day. Yeah. I'm like, putting a dog down. Like, I have 100 close relatives and stuff. I'm like, it's harder to have your dog put down than in going to a funeral for a close friend or relative sometimes. So, sometimes. Like, I'm not getting morbid or anything, no, no, but it's no, fucking I, hard, I, man. I will say this. My wife and I have been talking about it, so I don't I don't generally talk about this, but uh, my wife and I lost our firstborn. Um, she was a stillborn. Yep. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through in my life, yeah. understandably. And yet she and I were talking upstairs the other night, like there are aspects of this that are harder than going through the loss of our daughter. Yeah. Like it is weird how hard and how differently a pet hits than a person. I couldn't agree more. And so, um, so yeah, the way that went down. So, uh, this, this was my old man. He was 12 years old. Um, had him since he was eight weeks old. So literally yeah. spent his whole life with him. He was an awesome fucking dog. Awesome dog. Awesome. Freaking. He didn't bark smart. at me when I came into the house. Unbelievably you know. smart. He's an asshole. That's man. true. Reese. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so he had gotten a tumor on his back leg that had been growing for a while and we took him in. It was basically, it was cancerous. They, they basically said we could operate, but there's a 95% chance it's going to come back. 10 times faster it's gonna spread it's gonna you're, you're actually gonna shorten what, his life 13 years old he's 12 12 yeah and so this one hell of a fucking dog's life yeah absolutely and he was yeah. he was a good sized dog he was yeah. a 70 pound dog 80 pound dog somewhere in there uh so for, yeah for the size yeah. that was a good long run and uh so anyway he, he he we've had this tumor growing we knew this was coming um i had scheduled a vacation that we went and took out to idaho to see family that i hadn't seen in six years had an awesome time, spectacular trip, get back into town, go pick up Joey. And like, I just, you, you just oh, know, you know yeah. um, it was time. His yep. demeanor had changed. He was starting to lick at this. This tumor had actually started to split the skin yeah, and grow was, through the skin. It was disgusting looking. <laughs> um, but that was the, that you was the, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the big thing. The tightrope we were walking is I'm not going to put down a dog because it looks gross. Yeah. But when but the when quality, of life, when quality of life goes down, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's where we were at. It was immediately apparent. And I knew that was going to be a rough conversation with my wife, Melissa. And so, so I kind of, the night we picked up Joey kind of floated out there like, Hey, we're getting real close. Yeah. And, and I knew it was going to be in the next week. And she was kind of like, well, let's try a couple things. And I'm like, I think it's going to be sooner than that. Yeah. I think it's, and so over the next two days, we kind of talked through it. And uh, we got home on a Friday, picked Joey up Saturday. By Sunday afternoon, I was making the call. Yeah. 
And that so, was super nice how it all went down. And it know? was. That was so we did something different. Um, we actually paid for a, an at-home euthanasia. Um, and I will say, having was done that, that now. What's that? Jack Vorking. Yeah, on. he yeah. was a little short guy, a little weird looking. <laughs> the yeah, band. exactly. Um, so no, it was it was spendy. Don't get me wrong. I want to say it was four hundred bucks. Um, but at the same time, we we picked him up Saturday, made the call uh, by Sunday that we were putting him down. So Sunday, Monday, the lady came out on Tuesday. All three days, we took Joey. One of his favorite things was going out to the lake. And so we took him out to the lake all three days and just threw rocks for hours. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, when we came home, he had some pain medication. We had him on that we loaded him up pretty good. And he was totally out of it because he would get really, really sore. Yeah. And so we made sure his quality of life was real good on those last couple of days. And so we'd load him up and then we'd take him back out. And man, he hit that water and he was like a puppy again. Yeah. And so, um, so we did that for three days. Uh, his his other favorite thing was pup cups. So we pup took cups, him, yeah, yeah. And, to, and got the ice cream and everything. And so we did that. And and Tuesday we went out for a final lake day with him and came home, gave him the last pup cup. And that's when uh, we we sat. And the lady was coming and dude, you want to talk about just a fucking ominous cloud? I mean, yeah. We know she's going to be there right around three o'clock, and we get home about. Figuring out what door you can go o'clock. out the back door and just run away with it. Yeah. Man, there's there's stuff. so many things that go through your yeah. head, and and so we're just we're just hanging out, and and she calls and says, "Hey, I'm about thirty minutes out," and so now you're on the real clock running. Yep. Um, and so we we sat around with him outside, and when she got there, we brought him in the house, and and he got to get on his bed in the living room, and he was comfortable, and he was. You know, once he got over the initial, there's a stranger in the house. Yeah. He was all good. And he laid down because he'd been playing all What's day. What's up, Ricky Rick? Oh, Rick. Rick came in for the best part. We're, we're talk, all we're fucking talking crying about, over yeah, here. We're talking, He's about talking about putting about... Joey down. So. <laughs> you guys remember that, that thing? You got talking to the microphone, Rick. Yeah, but you guys remember that thing? Yeah, but I'm not going to talk to the microphone at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, What's um, up, brother? Welcome, welcome, Rick. Welcome, welcome to the Dead Dog Show. All right, well, I'm out of here. I'm about to fucking burst out crying. <laughs> Fuck this. So, no. um, so anyway, we we basically, you know, gave him a last pup cup. Sat there. He came in, got comfortable in his bed, and the whole family gathered around, and and everyone was hugging on him. She gave him the shots, and and uh, it was brutal. That was that was unbelievably yeah. brutal. And so, but it was really cool. And I have to say, as much as we give Rick the Dick Valco a hard time. Uh, Rick's a solid stand-up guy. Uh, we wanted to bury him at the property that we're working on, but we didn't have the driveway in yet. And so um, so I asked Rick if he wouldn't mind dropping the skid off. Not only did he drop the skid off, he dropped off his stump bucket so I could actually dig the grave with it. Yeah. And so it was really, uh, it was really special uh, because we took Joey out to the property as a family loaded him into the skid steer bucket with his dog bed with a bunch of toys that the kids wanted yep. to put you know bury him with and and we did this slow funeral procession because yeah. you know Devin's request was we went slow so we didn't jostle Joey. <laughs> dude you want to talk about rip your heart oh, out I know, like dude. fuck. So we uh we we did we we took him back nice and slow Devin rode in my lap and Melissa and Jack walked beside us and so we had a little funeral procession out to the back and we dug the hole and uh, I got him down in there and we situated him. We buried him with some of his favorite toys and, 
and uh, it was it was a really really sweet end to a really uh, really sweet chapter in life. Yeah. And uh, and this one's just hitting hard, man. It is the loss of a pet by itself, like it's brutal. But but this one is kind of hitting special on a number of levels for me. Uh, the first is Joey kind of came to represent, I guess, my youth. And so, because when I got him, I was 20. Fuck, you were young. Yeah, like 24. You young lad. 20, 23, 24. Yeah. And so, um, so I was a kid. Yeah. And That was know, right when you guys got married, right? And so we had been married for, I think, two or three years when All we right. got Joey. Two, yeah, so this been your baby. This was our baby. Yeah, this and yeah. that so that's yeah, a whole the void of So that's a whole other aspect is is he was our first kid. Like yeah. he taught us how to be parents. We learned how to take care of the dog. Yeah. Went living in an apartment. So you're getting up in the middle of the night, taking yeah. him out, and you you know, gotta pick up his poop every time he goes because you're in an apartment right? complex. So yeah, it's a, so it grew us up. And so he was our first kid and, and we He groomed you. He did, uh, not in a sexual way, but in a parenting way. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, so he he was our first kid. Uh, there was that aspect, but but then kind of going back to that, the the one that I'm really struggling with, just from like a, a thirty thousand foot level, is when I got this dog. Like we were kids together. Yeah. Like we wanted to go out and throw the ball and play. Like that was he was my spirit animal. Yeah. And then. Um, then we have kids and life changes and, and things shift and, and the focus to the back. You know, well, yeah, not full back. He's still there. Yeah. yeah. Not Well, I was going to say that was the cool thing is because I did kind of feel that way initially when we put him down and you're kind of reflecting, but Melissa and I have been going through so many pictures and, and, and he's in all of them. He's in all the fucking yeah. pictures. Like he is. And whether it's up at the cabin or it's camping up north yep. or it's, you know, traveling to Nebraska to see my family or traveling to Texas. Yep. Like that dog was in every fucking picture awesome. with my kids. That's how having a dog should be. It, absolutely. Yeah. And this guy, I mean, was was 100% the representation of the family dog. Yeah. Like he was a little grouchy with the kids just because he was kind of getting older as the kids grew up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like he would let those kids pull and yank on him all over the place. And he's still like the, the most he ever did. What kind of yanking? <laughs> well, that's why most of the time he didn't yep or nip, yeah. you, know, you know, but, but honestly, like the, the worst thing that ever happened <laughs> was, was he would nip at him. Never, never really broke the skin ever. Yeah. It was just a, Hey, Burp. knock it off. Yep. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, but, but yeah, I got this dog when I was a kid and then, and then all of a sudden I turn around and he's a fucking old man. Yeah, but I'm looking that, in the mirror and I'm an old like, man I'm a too. Fucking man. Old man. Yeah. Like I got gray you got in my gray beard. Together. Yeah. Everything's hurting when I wake up in the morning. Like you guys all probably yelled at the neighbor and talked about like life in general. <laughs> and you would bitch about the neighbor, so the dog would Dude, bitch about the I'm neighbor. You, right, like, that's the you stupidest. Had this bond, yeah. right? That is the stupidest thing <laughs> that I still will choke up at night. So his window upstairs mm-hmm. in the living room. He was the old man. We had his bed right in front of that window and he would sit on his bed and he would police the neighborhood. He would look out and he would bark at anyone that went by and sweet Jesus. Every day we discovered that the neighbors had another dog. Like that was, that was the way we discovered the day is like, holy shit, there's another dog over there. And so he, we always called him our old man because he would sit out there and he policed the neighborhood. 
But I also would stand at that window and, and bitch the about the neighbors neighbor. doing yeah. shit or, you know, whatever. And so, um, so yeah, that, believe it or not, Rick, has been one of the things that I've really teared up about, in, you know, mm-hmm. at night is is walking in front of that window. Yeah. Where's it's, my it's old because, He's not it's there. because it's that routine habit that has always been there. Always. And, right, it comes as mold that you get used to. And all of a sudden, when something breaks and it don't feel normal, it don't feel right, and you're still, right, we're human, so you still go on with the same compassion and the same thoughts and same issues absolutely and you look down there's just a hole and he's not there yep yep Yep. and then and then it's just like hard not to start bawling because all those years that you go back to they were right there the whole time dude you're gonna make me lose it here in a second (laughs) so rick how are you doing you can use my boxers to wipe that shit right off yeah so um (laughs) but yeah that's that's another huge aspect though is is like that he he kind of represented my youth yeah and that's gone. Like, there's a chapter of life that's gone. Man, you're just starting over again, man. Well, and so we then, are just getting well. The, getting but going. it's different, though. We, yeah. You know, that's. I guess that's why I'm struggling outside of the loss of the companion. Is there? There were multiple chapters of life that came to a close with Joey. Um, the youth was a big one. Uh, another one is my kids aren't little anymore. Yeah. You know, Devin's six. Jack just turned eight. Like. They aren't little kids anymore. No. And Joey was a big part of their childhood growing up and teaching them how to treat dogs yeah. and, you know, getting after them when they weren't doing the right thing. Yeah. And uh, and they learned to take care of Joey and they'd take him on walks and everything. And so there's also this this chapter of my kid's childhood that's come to a close. But yeah. at the same time, what are you teaching your kids? Like, so you got to think about it, right? This is, this is a big deal for a lot of people that don't think about life in general. If you're raised on a farm, you've seen life. You've yep. seen death. You've death. Yeah. You've seen things born. You've seen the creation of life just go around and around. So for you know the young kid growing up in that situation, they see it now. They understand it. They take it easier. It and it's never easy when you're going to lose an animal, but when it's your first dog and it's the first initial everything that goes through, and then they're gone. We take it harder. In two ways. You, one, probably because you have more compassion in your heart now as you get older, right? And two... You become soft. It, yeah. And it was your first, right? Yeah. It was your first experience through all this. So I don't want to say things get easier with time and the next one will be easier because it won't be. But at the same time, if you grew up with this day in and day out, like on a farm, you'd be like, ah, oh, that sucks. But you probably would already picked up a puppy. Well, and that's... it's That's the hardest thing. Like I, when I put my, my last dog down, Jack... Man, that was the toughest thing ever. Went through the same, you know, got him when I was first, you know, moved out of my parents' house, had him, you know, he was, he was 13 years old when we put him down. Yeah. But man, that, that initial, just like no one could ever replace this dog. That's, you know, like there's never going to be a dog like Jack, yep. you know, or, you know, yep. like Joey It's just, it's so tough. But, you know, instead of me getting a dog, I got my dad a dog just so I could have that little, yeah, a little I still taste, got a dog, a but taste, I don't have the yeah. responsibility of the dog because yeah. I'm not ready for it, you know, maybe the next year or so. Well, and that I honestly was just yet another thing that really hit hard when everything was happening is, is, uh, you're reflecting on what an awesome dog this has been and kind of his, last gift to the family if you will is that that was our first lesson teaching our kids about death yeah and and joey was that for them yeah um man that's rough it's super rough man (laughs) sorry about that it's uh so anyway that is like on top of all of the other shit that we have going on like that's we come back from idaho i'm ready to hit the ground running with all my shit yep 
I know and, I tried and, calling you like to catch up on how your yeah, trip was and everything. Dude, and also, you text me. Talk. I couldn't like, talk on the phone. I'm sorry, he man. Couldn't hardly get call. the words of. Can I borrow the? Yeah, 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 out, yeah. Right? Was, so, dude, I have been a fucking hot mess the last. <laughs> I remember weeks. you sent me a text and I was I was blown away. I'm like, wait, you really thought I would care if you didn't call me back? And I'm like, take some time, man. Yeah, like, dude, God, this, like, this was beyond. It's like, okay, brother. This was beyond like Brian having a man pine in. This was yeah, like this was dog. It was one of those where every time you, laughing, no, I'm, yeah. I hear you. And I mean it's it's one of those things though, right? He's so emotional, which everyone's gonna get emotional. Yeah. You got a fucking apple in your throat every time you you try yeah, to There's talk. nothing harder than putting your dog down and then being like, Oh, you know, because a lot I know a lot of people that they put their dog down, they walk away and like the vet does yeah. whatever and then they pick up a box later or whatever. It happens you yep. know, in that land. But like I did the same thing, put him down. Then I drove all the way up to my go, cabin. Yeah. And like, I remember getting to the gas station and he was in the bed of my truck and he hung out on my bed of the truck you know, occasionally. So I'm just like, I looked and I'm filling up gas and all of a sudden I caught like, like the blanket came off of his head and I'm like, Hey, Je-. I'm like, oh, yep. fuck. And yep. like all of a sudden some lady walked by like, why do you have a dog in your bed? I'm like, and why I'm are you I'm weeping? Yeah. <laughs> then my dad and I made it up to the cabin. It was like, then you had to dig a hole and then yeah. you had to put him in the hole. I'm like, Put them in I tell you the worst part nice, though, like, there's something weird about covering them over. Dude, like, I couldn't put dirt on him. Yeah. I was like, Dad, it's how do we do this? He's fucking like, brutal. <laughs> my dad finally was like, got some, you know, good whiskey you know, shots for us. And yep. We just sat there and was yeah, like, Yeah, but Brian, right. do you hunt? No. Have you ever took a life with a gun or a bow? Yeah. And how'd you feel? It's no well, nothing compares to this, but no, but, but yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Right. You know, and these guys, they, they look forward to hunting season and they avid hunters and they just fucking See, wait I've for the I've never kill. taken pleasure out of that. And, right. So, so the, the pleasure is like getting the time in the woods, you know, yeah. being out with nature and then like the kill is, you know, it's, it's, it's supposed to be the rewarding part, it's, right? Yeah, it's the, very rewarding. That's but why I like snapping so, pictures. It is so hard to, uh, you know, when you get up to the deer and you're just like, yeah, oh you gosh. recognize and, you took you know, a I, life. I do like a whole thank you and, you know, prayer, you know, it, I do some weird stuff, but like, yeah. It's I I just thank them for giving you know the sacrifice for filling my freezer. You yeah, know, it's great. Hey, Tots up there with the Bible, just yeah, freaking <laughs> reading over. Yeah. Reading over Tart, why are, you, why are your pants there? I'm like, I'm like part the Christian is the bow and arrow. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just one of those things. Yeah. And there's never good any good way to get around it, right? No. Death is death, and it fuck man. As we were younger, you never even dealt with death. Now no. as we get older. It's, it's like, like every oh, fucking every like three days funeral. or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. like how you know, ten years ago it was me going to weddings. Now it's yeah. Now it's that point. There, no you one's just, getting married. They're getting all getting freaking divorced or whatever. People are dying. It's like man, yeah. it. like so. You know, you got this. You got <laughs> the this stages thing. of life. You got this stage of life. Like you're just you're gun ho as a kid. You're yeah. in high school. You can't wait to fucking graduate because fuck school. And then, you know, a lot of people run to college or they start their career and then you, you know, you're already drinking and partying, but now you're 21. Yeah. So now you're driving home to the, from the fucking bar drunk as you're like dodging cops and it was cool for a minute. Yeah. And you never think about death. Then you never think about it. Realize the ramifications of, uh, then fuckers start popping out fucking babies or they're getting married or whatever. And you're like, woo, this is awesome. Till all of a sudden, like the wedding starts slowing down and you're like, what's next? Who the fuck's going to get married? Well, so-and-so got divorced. Like, we got one coming up. Yeah, right. See, I was happy to get out of wedding season. I fucking hated going to weddings. I loved it. 
up until like my 30th, I was in. Like every fucking one I was in, I was in. I'm like, yeah. man, this is getting expensive. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude, I was an alcoholic. Like, oh, yeah. I waited for the bar. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I went there and I closed that fucker. Yeah. If we went and oh, yeah. Yeah, I ate all the fuck food I could, like a pig, and I fucking went to the bar and <laughs> yeah. I fucking probably passed out a couple fucking times and kept drinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you right. want the truth. So. Hey, Rick, the wedding's over. Hey, yeah. you got to get out of here. It's time to go. Like, there's no bus, but the bus boy's dragging you out the door, you know? But you're hitchhiking sudden, home because you missed the party bus. And then all of a sudden, dude, you get you get hot and heavy like in your career. Mm-hmm. Life's going, your career's taking off. You, you know, you, then you get smacked in the fucking face by like bills. Yep. You're like, holy fuck, the cell phone. How did data get out of control? And I owe 200 more dollars to oh, yeah. all of a sudden you get a car, you get a house rented, or maybe you're buying one. And you're like, fuck yeah, this is life is just fucking great. Then all of a sudden you get your first knock and you're like, Hey, so-and-so died. Boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, that's it. And then you just start throwing your realm of it in. You're yep, starting yep. to do the funeral things. You start fucking popping out little yahoos all over the place. You get the dog involved. And it's just the stages of life, right? Yep. And now what you're at the point now is life has went by so fucking fast. And every year is like faster and faster, especially if you're in the construction fucking season. Uh, yes. It's like, hey, fuck, we're getting ready to start work all these mad hours. Yesterday like, was March. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and then it's like, you know, you're in the heat of the fucking season. Then all of a sudden, like here in Michigan, we're we're running home to the fuck winners right around the corner, dude. dude. Yep. Like, it's let's let's wrap everything up. Homeowners are calling. You feel the panic. Kids go to school. And then you start looking back. And like you said, we are old men. We are getting older. And you, and it, you go and it to just the bar. Happened. You go to the bar and you see these little fuckers running around and you're like, there ain't no way they're 21. Yeah. And they go up and order a drink and you're like, oh, dude, I'm that oh, old yeah. fucker dude, in the bar. You, Last re- week, you realize it's... My buddies and I went up downtown Brighton, you know, because they all just got divorced. So I was like, oh, let's go out, hang out. And it's like, I felt fucking awkward. You know, there was like a 15 year gap. We're 20 years out from high school. I know. Like that's it's nuts. J- just stopping and really yeah. pro- letting that process. I was like, out some people the other day. Fuck. They're like, "Hey, are you coming to twenty year reunion?" I'm like, no, maybe probably not. I'll, I'll wait till the fiftieth. You know, <laughs> make, make you sure know, you guys all made it in life. You know. you know, that's my thing though. If I haven't talked to you, yeah, really, really in twenty years, like obviously you're going to have a couple of people that. Oh, fuck, I wish I didn't ever lose connection, yeah. but if yeah. I didn't really talk to you in 20 years... Who the fuck cares? I don't want to fucking see you again. Exactly. Like, yeah. I didn't fucking like you then, little Pee Wee Fuck yeah. off now. Especially if I'm going to have to go pay 250 bucks for whatever dinner they're throwing yeah. and whatever shit they got going. Like, yep. fuck that. You're nope. not worth $250. I remember I ran to the one dude at Myers the one time I was fucking shopping back when I used to have to shop. <laughs> now I have a wife. I don't have to do that so much. But yeah. you have a good I remember, wife. I remember pushing the car. I do. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was pushing the car, and I remember bumping into fucking so and so, and I won't rat on him because yeah. he probably listens or something. And he's like, they hey, don't you. unless you say it, and then they absolutely somehow they remember will. that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, hey, how's it going? Blah blah blah. And, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, you're talking about the wind, the fucking birds, and the bees. Like we have nothing to fuck talk about yeah. here. Yeah. He's like, life's been going great. I'm like, yeah, looks like you've been doing well. Just trying to, you know, be courteous, yeah. be kind. He's like, we should fucking hang out. I started pushing the car away. I'm like, no, we fucking should it. <laughs> and I kept walking, and he was just, you. yeah. Peace. I was like. No, I haven't talked to you in 20 yeah. fucking years and don't fucking care to talk yep. to you now. <laughs> but when you look at you like your resume though, dude, and that's really the ticker, right? Is I looked at your guys's and mine for some of the stuff that we got going on. And I look at the fucking years of experience that we have on the fucking resumes. Yours, yeah, between Todd, the three mine, of us. And I'm like, fuck, dude, we're, we're hitting 60 years of experience. 
you know, if you dive before I was even of age, you know, I got 20 fucking years yeah. on the books. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, I got more than that. But when you get looking at it, I'm like, holy fuck, dude, I'm I'm getting fucking old. Yeah. And, it, and it's starting to show. You, you start realizing like how much you fucked off and it's like, man, I could be retiring in like three years if I didn't fuck off for well, the first that, six years, you know? <laughs> but then do you guys also play the mental game with yourself to where you're like, fuck, I got 12 years of experience and you're feeling really good about that yeah. until you think, but that's because I've been doing this for 12 years. <laughs> right. Like I'm 12. It's not like I'm a 20 year old with 12 yeah. years of experience. Oh, yeah. I'm a fucking old man yeah. with experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it is. Yeah, that just... You think I would... You know, funny you say that, like, experience. You know, I know I should have probably not done what I did today solo, but I decided to. So, all these years of experience, I'm sitting there working on my personal home, you know, so I'm just doing it by myself. And I framed up a wall for my exterior wall and side, you know, got everything ready to be sided, cut the window in, got the window, like, set up to put in place, cocked it, threw it up there, test fit. All right, that works. Then... I was like, oh, it's staying there because it's cocked. So there's, it's holding. So the cock <laughs> and all is holding. all of a sudden, it. my fucking buddy calls me <laughs> and I start talking to him for like two minutes. And I'm like looking at the window. I'm like six feet away. And I'm like, all right, it's still there. Cool. I'm like, oh, there's my screw gun. All right, I'll do that. Right, I'm like, all right, Ian, I got to go. Hang up, turn around, grab my fucking screw gun. Bam. Right when I grab my screw gun, I go to turn around and hear this. And I was like, oh, no. And I was just. In that I couldn't reach out to stop it, <laughs> dude. Just Shatter. all over the fucking ground. I'm like, mm. you got a fucking kidding mm. me. <laughs> like, as my dad, you know, I could have just been like, hey, dad, will you hold this real quick I'm while go I ask fuck directions to your next no. huge embarrassing failure? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and all the years of experience of failing and fucking up, I'm like, I just redid this, and I'm like, yeah. I learned from experience. Yeah. Won't do that again. Yeah, I said that a couple times, but yeah, yeah it's it was uh, yeah, it is. It, just, I guess it's, I, we are about the age now, I guess, where we can, we're considered in our midlife crisis years. Yeah. yeah. But instead of buying a Corvette, I just decided to put my dog down. <laughs> yeah. Right. Man. <laughs> yeah. But have you started hitting the midlife crisis yet? You know, I don't, and I that's don't. A, that's an honest question. Have you started you know to? I do I feel like I want things that like, I know I shouldn't Cotton, really. And we're asking for fucking real answers here. Oh, don't right. skate around the <laughs> question. But, <laughs> when you say midlife crisis, are we, are we talking like the, the textbook definition? I want to go buy a Corvette. Or no, we really that's just, where my brain went. The recognition. Not, yes. I'm not talking yeah. like, it's time to buy the Corvette. It's time to get divorced. It's time to start over. Fuck. I got 20. No, I'm not talking those just midlife the, crisis, but. You're starting to recognize, oh, yeah, yeah, and you start reflecting, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I drive around the road and like I just look at people. I'm like, yeah, they're going hardcore midlife crisis right uh, now. Tell me, <laughs> I don't ever want to be there. So you're not, tell me, you're, you're not midlife crisis mode. No, here, here, I we love go. life. Tell me your midlife crisis that you have noticed. Not necessarily like you got to dive deep and whatever you got into, but what have you started noticing as you're getting older? What's your midlife crisis kind of been looking like? My midlife crisis, I'd say uh, I wish I was in a different stage being financially stable than I was, you know, but I'm getting there, getting back on the, and, and on the what game. Set, what has set that off? Like, what's the red flag? And I, I'm not The red flag is I look at my retirement, you know, and my savings. I'm like, fuck, man, I should be here. And I'm back down here. But I'm like, I just, you know, I, I left my last job. I started my own company. I bought a house. I use a lot of that, you know, to put in that. And now I'm back to 
shit, starting back over, you know. And what and what advice would you pass on to the people possibly running in your shoes? You know, maybe not fully today, but what advice would you start if you could tell yourself 10, 15 years ago, what would it be? Oh, if I would have known what I know now, 10, 15 years ago, I would have started saving more. I would have put, you know, allocated money in different spots, you know, just so it started growing. You know, I, I just spent money as I got it. You know, I was just, I was living, I was living life, you know, having fun, but not looking into where we are now, 15 years. I'm like, shit, if I want to be an ex, I got to work this hard when I'm still, you know, 40, 50, 60. I'm like, that, that scares me. Yeah. Yeah. That scares me to death, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, well, in the next like three years, I won't hopefully be doing what I'm doing now physically. I'll be overseeing, managing, whatever, you know, or hopefully, fuck, we'll be just sitting here with my legs up and freaking podcasting out of the studio and not working, you know. <laughs> what about so, you, Mr. Furnace? What would be your midlife crisis? You know, I don't really have like one specific thing, but kind of like you were you were alluding to, I've I've really gotten to where I reflect a lot just on where I'm at in life and what I'm accomplishing and and what I'm, I guess I want to leave, you know, like, like we all do. I want to leave a mark in the world. And what is that? You know, how do I accomplish that? And and I think that's part of what's driving diesel and iron and and this platform here is to be able to, influence an industry and help people get into that industry like that's a great way that yeah. i can use my abilities and my talents to leave a mark in the world yep. but at the same time if, if we're going full on the midlife crisis i'm going well fuck man we're plugging away at this and i'm still a ways off from leaving any sort of a i'm a fucking skid mark right yeah. now yep. <laughs> so there's that aspect no, but then you looked back at you know your kids and you know my daughter and stuff like that i'm like man you know she smiles and loves what i do every day she loves doing stuff with me as is working at my house going to work job sites with yep. me you know, all summer long i didn't have a babysitter so it was like the days i had her she was right next to me you know doing something on my yeah. job sites which was awesome that my customers allowed that but yeah, if I was working back in, you know, for the man, what I was doing for the last 13 years prior to COVID, I would have never been able to take her on these journeys and yeah. like show her the way of, you know, what I do, you know, seeing it firsthand. Like, it was amazing. You know, so that I think it is like that we're leaving an impression. We may just not notice it. You that's know? that's true. That's a good point. I, I now I will say one area that that's been hitting me hard uh, that. Yeah. The more I think about it, it's midlife crisis. Uh, I have been going through old pictures like crazy and just I I guess I'm at a stage in life to where I would give anything to have a time machine that would just let you go back for for a day yeah you know and and not just and I'm finding it's not just one area of life you know there were a lot of really awesome times in high school that I'd love to just go just go hang out for a day yeah and just kind of relive those days see I have some friends that like say that like oh man I wish I could go back to I'm like do you really like i'm like it was fun but i'm like i didn't I don't, enjoy I don't myself go like, live that full yeah. time i'm like I, to go I would like to go see it be do there it for a day or a couple hours and be back to where i am now yeah you know? um you know college same way there were some times in college that i go man just to just to go relive that for a couple of days yeah. um and then going through the the pictures of the kids growing up um one thing that's really changed is the way that i perceive things so young man, you're dumb. You're living life 110% go. 
you, you who checks the rearview mirror? You know, you're just going. <laughs> I think I started about three years ago. I started. Well, and like, that's oh, kind of where I'm at. Is is now I'm starting to you know. I'm at the age now where I'm looking back and I'm like, holy fuck, all of these good times Mm -hmm. are in the past. And I totally didn't know it at the time that these were the good times. And I, and I will say one thing that's been beneficial that's come out of this kind of midlife crisis is I'm starting to stop and reflect a lot more on the present. Like when I know, like we're having a really good day with the boys out at the lake or doing something like that. I'm like, fuck, Brian, this is one of those times. You got to sit, sit back, get off your phone, yep. and just soak this in. Yep. Because this is one of those times. It's what our parents used to say. you know, Hey, don't blink. It's going to go by it, fast. It is. You know, it's and like, I'm oh, starting yeah, to now, really recognize that now. And, six, and I'm seven, making a eight. point to, yeah. to stop and reflect on it. Yeah. So what about you, Rick? Well, what would you tell yourself if you went back 20 years? What would it be? Uh, Knowing what you know now, what you just... Uh, just just what I talked about. I would probably really, yes, yeah, slow down and actually savor, <laughs> make, make a point to observe that you are in those moments yeah. instead of just riding the wave and going on. Like yesterday, I got a phone call from one of this, this headhunter has been just like calling me. She's been just like keeping tack you know damn it greg i know you're fucking listening leave cotton alone (laughs) but like you know (laughs) she calls me with all these amazing opportunities like and i'm asking what's the salary look like what's this look like and i'm just listening to these numbers i'm like what the fuck and i sit there i'm like man i just want to say yes but then all of a sudden i start thinking i'm like no i won't see my daughter i won't i'll miss this i'll miss that like yeah i don't want to miss the things i missed for the last you know six years of her life you know when i was previous to covid but now it's like now i can make my own schedule we can do this we can do that and yeah it's much slower pace you know you're yeah, putting things in perspective yeah yeah i'm like money is awesome but at the same time I'm like time is fucking awesome you know being enjoying life is awesome whether yeah. you know sometimes it's more stressful than it should be you know financially but it's getting there you know so it's always the journey. Just enjoy the, the, it's the yeah, ride. It's the ride. It's so you're so right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're right. You're, you're spot on both. You are. Um, I'm going to go at it a little bit different of an angle because just the upbringing that I had and a lot of the doubters in life that always told me that you couldn't. Yeah. Right. So um, I've always been one of the guy like I've started the company freaking fucking seven times or so failed multiple times got up right and it's always it's always the failure that makes you who you are and how you recover and bounce back right it's not yep. the you know i know i know there's people out there right now that are probably listening that are ready to hang it up but they're making a couple bucks and they're they're going at it kind of thing but i've always had the doubters right i've always had people even my own parents my mom told me you're just a worker you'll never make it yep you're just you're not going to run a business on your own. I had a middle school, high school teacher tell me the same thing that, you know, you can't fucking do math without a calculator. You're never going to go nowhere. Right. So I've always had that push of resistance when I left the, here you go, Rick. That's the last row. <laughs> you know, when I, when I left companies, you know, you always had that you'll be back kind of thing from the employees yeah. or employer kind of thing. So you keep grinding, you keep going at it. You know, one thing in life that you got to start realizing is there's always somebody out there watching you that's cheering you on and hoping just that you keep grinding it out, whether you know them or not. They watch your journey. They watch who you are. And you might not 
physically see them or hear them, but they're actually watching and cheering. Yeah. They watch your growth. They watch everything that you've done. I ran into a lot of people that I haven't actually met till I got older that's watched this process and journey. You know, and the, the one thing in life that I have learned besides all the doubters and the hatred is just being honest and being humble and being truthful. Yeah. Um, out of all the scenarios I've ever been and through. it's not hard to be. No. Be that. I mean, I, I, I used to lie, right? I used to be the shit person. I used to drink a lot. I think we all did, you know. I used to steal back from the party stores and, yeah, I might have told a fib here and there because, fuck, I was young and naive, right? Mm-hmm. And I, there comes a point in life where you're just like, it's not worth you it. You just want to be better than you were yesterday, right? Yeah. And it, and for some people, that's leaps and bounds, right? I want to be here, but I'm way back here. But if you just take one step forward every day and you try to be better than you were yesterday, that's called progress, yeah, right? Yeah. And 100%. human beings, human beings need to see progress, whether it's minor change or massive change. But when you look back at the little steps, it's a long fucking road. Yeah. And you've it come is. a long way, right? So there's a, there's a lot of things and stuff like that. And as for some of the people that have been out there and, you know, you're an entrepreneur at heart, but you haven't really, it's not really satisfying you working for somebody because it, it just never satisfied me. Yeah. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I always wanted to run my own excavating company and, and I had a skill set that I knew everybody wanted, but I wanted to harness my own. Mm-hmm. And what held me back for X amount of years is fear. When you look in the mirror, the only fear that you have is what you're projecting out. Yep. Right. So there's only a couple things that hold you back. It's yourself. Right. So you take that step and you start going, if you ever got a dream, the dream don't chase you back. You need to chase your chase dream, that dream. Right. So when you get, when you get looking at this stuff and you start reflecting it, you know, as my grandpa passed and I used to be really close with him back in the day. Um, there's a couple of things that stuck out to me, you know, his biggest regret, he lived through the recession and whatever craziness world that we had. And at the end of his life, he was financially stable. He had enough money. He had to retirement. He worked those jobs. His biggest regret at 78 years old, 80 years old, right there before yeah, he really started yeah. turning downhill was that he never spent enough time and enough money with his family and loved ones. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, he always nested. He always held his money. And I've always been more of a, well, why don't we start trying to live today and fuck the retirement have, future? Because then- you look at so many people today, young to old, that end up dying at a young age. Right. And and I'm a product of what I'm speaking about now too. Cause you, you look at a lot of the stuff and we hang on to this money like it has a value, right? And we don't spend it, right? You might be afraid to go out for the weekend and spend a couple hundred dollars or let the kids have something and splurge a little bit. But those are times that you never get back. Right. Right. So I used to chase the dollar bill. I used to sell my soul for the dollar. Yeah. Well, I think I, we've, we've all been. Yeah. But that. as you start getting older, you start prioritizing how much is my time worth? Because mm-hmm. all at the end of the day, all you're well, doing really, is selling your time. What are you working for? Correct is the the big question. Yeah, not why are you making? working yeah. this hard? You know, and I, dude, I never took a vacation till four years ago. 
I was yeah. gonna say, right? Yeah, it's been like a hot minute. Like all I did was work and grind, work and grind, now work and grind. All you're doing is you're on fucking vacation. Right. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to find this happy point and balance yeah. now in life. Like it's gone by so fast. Like the man that you look at in the mirror isn't the same man that you looked at five, eight years ago. Yep. Yeah. Right. And you start prioritizing your time, and you start looking back at a lot of things. And the the biggest thing that I'm fighting for right now is time with my wife and my life. Right. And trying to find that happy balance. Obviously we're in construction. So you, you get some of that grind, but when you get looking back at everything, if you just got a dream, you need to chase it. You know, people are cheering for you. People, you're always going to run into life. You're always going to run into failure. You're going to doubt you. But the one thing that really stuck out there at the end that, you know, I watched my uncle work seven days a week at Ford. Um, I didn't know the man very well because all he did was work. Uh, on, I I needed a trailer to get wired up. He worked seven days a week. He was at the age of retirement because he got in there early. He worked 30 years, seven days a week. Didn't miss the day. Never took time off. He came on to help me wire a trailer up because he was good at what he did. And he didn't look right. And when I was sitting there talking to him, he was doing a great job. He just, he looked skinnier. He looked sick. At the end of that conversation, he was just, he was so happy. He's like, I won. My house is paid for. My retirement's ready. My wife ain't going to have to work another day. The vehicles are done. That was the last time I talked to my uncle. Damn. He came down with stage four rapid cancer, like out of nowhere. That then and there time they got to it, got to him. It was already too far. It was too late. He lived one year fighting cancer and he died. I, I remember running into him and I was talking to him. He said, man, I've wasted my whole fucking life. For the dollar. Yeah. He says, I, if I could take anything back, it'd be spending time with my loved ones, time, and so forth. He yeah. wouldn't work every single day. He's like, I won the game, and it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. when you look at the other point, when I, when I talk to my grandpa, and you get talking about life in general and the biggest regrets, <laughs> you know, when somebody's on their deathbed, all they're wishing for is one more day. Right. And then they're reflecting back to, I wish I chased my dream. I wish I tried my business. I wish I try, I tried to go get my dreams instead of sitting there working this dead end job. And if that's for some of you people, I understand that. Yeah. But for some of you people looking back, if the worst thing you could do is fail. What's stopping you? Exactly. You can start back over the yeah. next, the next day. And that, you know, and that held me back for a lot of years because I was scared. Right. As a human being going, well, what if I fail? Because I had all these doubts. In three weeks, we're going to get like these crazy emails. (laughs) Yeah. That they all quit their jobs and all these owners of these companies are going to call us like, what the fuck? You just you just told 6,000 people to fucking quit their jobs. And I tell you you what, I don't have anything to do with work. (laughs) And I tell you what, though, guys like us, I'll sit there and cheer those people on. Because at the end of the day, all you have to do is start over. That's really not that bad. Mm -hmm. You know especially well, especially being in the trades. Like it's different if you're in a white collar world and you're going to go start up a business and then you've got this hyper competitive not many not many positions open that you got to fall back on. Yeah, but right. when you're in the fucking trades, go fail yeah. because you can go get a job tomorrow. Correct. Like with the number of people hiring. Yep. And that's what I've always, you know, with diesel and iron and working with you Rick, it's it's been this kind of 
what happens if this doesn't work? And I've always gone, who the fuck cares? I got a skill set. I can call Dan's tomorrow and yeah. get hired. Yeah. Like, who the fuck cares? Yep. And, and that's where people, you know, you got to be smart with your money when you get trying to chase your dream and you start chasing your business, right? You got to be business smart too. And that's a whole nother kind of conversation, not yeah. for today, but you know, people look at it all like if the worst thing actually happened and I failed, I fucking sell my shit and I go get a job or I start hustling and I try to round up some fucking work. That's it. Like, gonna option, say- option isn't a failure because at the end of the day, the world goes around, the banker never sleeps, and you need to fucking shit and eat. Well, and at the end of the day, in a lot of ways, if you went and worked for the man again, life would actually get easier. <laughs> it, it, and it would. But at the end of the day, when you're the fucking entrepreneur, I mean, if you got to suck the old lady's donkey duck, you got to go fucking suck the donkey dick to fucking okay, make well, it happen. This one time? It happens him? sometimes. <laughs> like, that, but that's what I'm saying, though. You know, so failure is not an option. Like you, you get a lot of people, they'll get to a certain point and they're like, I mean, I had it this year. I'm like, fuck work was going sideways. You know, homeowners were pulling back. The economy was shifting fucking gears. And I was sitting there for a minute. You're spinning. Ooh, yeah. he was spinning back. I, was spinning I remember back. you calling me and you were like, dude, I'm just going to sell. You said exactly what you yeah. just said two seconds ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking at the point, Matt, I'm calling this guy up. I'm going to work for him. I'm yeah. done working for myself. I'm but, selling everything. And then but we went from. All this work to fucking nothing to having like a hundred grand worth of work pulled right off the books. So yep. I'm going, Ooh, I'm not going to fucking financially lose my money to keep my shit. I will yeah. fucking sell it yep. and I'll buy more or rent it. Like, so I start shifting gears Yeah, and, and you're going to have that panic in life when you're an entrepreneur and you run your own business. I don't give a fuck how successful somebody is. They still have these same conversations that I'm talking about yep. now. Oh yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, you you call me in February. If I call you in February every fucking year, I'm like a little fucking spinner, dude. I'm yep. spun right the fuck up, going yep. mm, work. Uh, shit's not shit's hitting the fan. Then all of a sudden, April hits and you're fucking running with your head cut off. But you got failure is not an option if you're going to take that road. By all fucking means, don't ever get into business because yeah, you want the first ass kicking or lesson in life. Start start a business. Yeah. Like it's way better than fucking college, but. If you're going to choose that failure as an option, and for granted, sometimes things do happen and businesses don't work out, but failure is not an option when you're running a business or you have employees, right? So you got to learn to basically take directional angles off the different paths and start spinning and thinking outside the box. And that's really what it's like when you're entrepreneurs. You got to think outside the box because if you think inside the box, you're going to be like the sheep that go yep. to work every fucking day. And I'm not trying to shit on you people, but that's you're, what's you're going to fall. You're going to follow the path that everybody's going down. And I will go fucking walk through this path and I'll blaze on the path that's never been walked yep. and I'll now, take it on. I will say there, there are really in my mind, two distinct personality types. There are people who absolutely want to go do the entrepreneur thing. Yep. And there are guys who absolutely just want to go, just want to go to work and collect a paycheck. And there is nothing wrong with either one of those routes. There's nothing. And you, and you need both because in, in this world, we need leaders and we need followers. Absolutely. Because some of the guys that, you know, are your B players that are followers. They are the grind team that you need on a job site. They're the guys that go to, they might not be the fastest. They might not have all the fucking knowledge, but, but those are the guys. Dependable. Those yeah. guys are the workforce yeah. of the job. Absolutely. I got a pretty good thing that I fell into, you know, two months ago because I was waiting to start, you know, bathroom jobs and whatnot that just got pushed out and pushed out. 
and I got a hold, you know, a builder got a hold of me. He's like, Hey man, you know, do you do X, Y, Z? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. So I was kind of skeptical about working for somebody else, you know, under their jobs. And it's turned out to be like a blessing because this guy, him and I jive really well. And, you know, when I have some downtime, I'm like, Hey, and his penis has a pleasant, oh, it's pleasant so curve nice. to it. It's so nice. Yeah. Yes. To the left a little bit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> now, Todd. Well, like, hang on. Before I you just, ask Todd, it's filled that I void. Just, I, I just know, gotta ask which hole did you stroke it with, the front or the back? Well, that's that's. Uh, I don't. I don't kiss. Were you signing were, NDA? Were, yeah. you, were you doing like the crab walking, or were you doing like the dog position? I forgot what I was fucking even telling, talking about. You're talking about sucking no. the builder off, bro. <laughs> no, so all the audience. You know, he knows. has a bunch of work, and he just hasn't been able to find yeah, good guys kidding. to come to work every day. So and do quality work. So you know, I was like, hey. If you want to just, you know, not, you know, partner up, but when I'm slow, I'll give you a call, you know, and we'll bust mm-hmm. out jobs. And right now we're doing this super high end millwork job in this beautiful home. And it's been awesome because number one, I'm not thinking, I'm just doing, you know, it's like, all right, what do you want next? Yeah. All right, let's do this. You know, hey, I'm but right at the same time, he's giving me the comp. He's, he's stopping. He's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's like the two of us just kind of jive really well together, you know, and, it's been flowing so but you know next week i well, and drop him like a fly you, you and do my it. work you nailed it right there because when you talk about it's been like a vacation not having to chase my own yes. work and deal with the homeowners i'm like oh that's your deal <laughs> when you and you nailed it right there because when you when you talk about taking a break from running your business and somebody's feeding you work and you don't have to think about it all you gotta do is show up and make yep. money there is no better money in business than that right yeah, there. When great. somebody's feeding you something, all you got to do is show up and do the labor yeah, or do the job. That's, that's like every entrepreneur's dream. It's the most dream. like cool, calm and collected like yeah. job, you know, work that we're doing, you know, it's very yeah. high end stuff, but at the same time, I'm relearning something that I've been so far away from is like high end millwork, you know, carpentry and, you know, finished carpentry. And usually, you know, my finished carpentry consists of me putting in a piece of millwork, you know, like a cabinet, and it's my, my, my finished carpentry is like resetting the trim yeah, that yeah. fell off. Yeah, exactly. Three yeah. times, four I, times. You know, I try times. I try to hold it back up and knock the nails back in like the Like just buy place. some freaking uh some glue. <laughs> yeah. But when when you talk about something like that, there comes a time and place that in business, you know, that you're working for somebody or a builder that you you just found this spark and this glow and it's working and you gotta recognize Yeah what's going on at that time and prime example what you got going on right now you're entrepreneur you got your own business but yet you found a golden nugget that is working out and starting to the feed it gave me a little bit to drop back yeah think about what the hell's going on and then all of a sudden it's like all right we've been working together we've been doing great yeah i know where i stand he knows where he stands and now i'm disappearing for a month to go do a bathroom of my own you know but But that's where that's where people got to recognize though (laughs) Sometimes less is more. Yeah, you could keep chasing the money and keep going after all the craziness. But sometimes you got to draw that line to where that guy's feeding you enough money and you could still do some years yep. where it's enough. Yeah. Because when is enough and never enough, yeah. right? So you're finding this happy medium where you could spend time with your daughter, daughter your my life, family, yeah, right? And yet you could still work. So you're finding this happy balance. And I feel like a lot of times... Social media has fucked this world oh, up in a bad so way. Bad. Yeah. Cell phones have fucked it up in a bad yep. way where there's no happy medium now, right? So you got people that live in social media world and reality. 
Holy yep. shit. But they're not the same fucking person. No. Do we call this the dead dog episode or the fucking old man episode? Yeah, I know, right? It's, <laughs> it's kind of gone both ways. The goddamn old man's got a dead dog, bro. That's, that's the, yeah, the old, old man and the dead dog. Here with some microphones. Fuck. And like we said in the beginning, I'm going to have to bounce out of here, boys. I got to so, go put my daughter to bed. So let me ask you this, Rick, because you asked us and then we totally got off track. <laughs> what is your advice for those 18 to 20-year-old kids that... You know, as you sit here as old man Rick, notes. bitching about social media. <laughs> Work the overtime. Suck it up like a sponge. When you find when you find somebody that whether he's a laborer or an operator, another tradesman that has a skill set, find a guy that guy or gal, I should say, that you want to idolize and you want to be like and learn from them and absorb like a sponge as much mm-hmm. as you possibly can. Cause that's one thing in life. Even today, if I had to start over, no one could take is your knowledge. Yep. Yeah. And that's one thing that's got me through life as a knowledge, knowledge because is fucking power. I, I might have had a better way and I might have been smarter in some applications. Yeah. But there's been times I've let other people take the lead and I learned something. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, because there's more than one way to eat a pie, right? So I would start saving money. I would suck it up like a sponge, you know. Work all the hours that you possibly can, learning the skill set and the trade that you like. But at some point in time, as you start taking those stepping stones, you know, whether it's life, you need to start realizing that your body is going to start wearing down over time and you ain't going to be able to work all these hours. Yeah. And as you get older, the jobs are going to get harder, right? And so are the hours in your priority. Or as you become an entrepreneur, and when you start getting enough knowledge underneath you and you start getting a skill set where you're a foreman or you're a superintendent, you're starting to take those steps where you could possibly start taking on side jobs in a role. Start it while you're young because it's easier to lose money when you're young and recovered yep. than when you get old. Yep. Because That's- if if I started a business back then, let's just say $50,000 is what it took back then. In 10 years, that only cost me 5000 a year. And... Ten in ten years, I could have made five thousand dollars in overtime pretty quick. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars now as you start getting older, when you got obligations, when you got kids, a car, you know, a house, medical bills, Funerals a, a significant to. other, a funeral, <laughs> you know, or you got to pay for a wedding. That fifty thousand dollars has become an asset that needs to go to a priority now, not just a hope and dream. Yep. And there comes this there comes this learning curve and this line in life where sometimes you've passed the threshold and I don't want to say that you can't do this as you get older because there's many people that do, but those people that have started those businesses that are successful have also passed that threshold of they have the knowledge. It's an educated risk and they're financially okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So you need, you need to recognize a couple of things in life, but as you are young, I mean, I worked seven days a week. I worked for free. I mop things up. I, I would nonstop help. Yeah. And Put the phone down. Just just set it aside. Like there's a time and place for text messaging and calling people back. And I know we live in this instant world now, but we didn't. And there's a lot more time for learning and knowledge. And you'll miss something messing with your phone that you could have just learned yep. on the job. You could have you could have caught something. You could have saved somebody's life. You could have You know what? Constantly This is the old man episode anyway. Yeah. Take even work out of it. If you're if you're spending your entire life looking at the fucking screen, yeah, your life is passing you by. You're right. Literally, you are missing incredible things happening around you. But that all but the that time, life, that 100%. life on social media, 
will always be there, but the real world won't. Right. Yep. Right. And chasing the dollar, chasing, chasing everything. Could I, I, like I said, as you could tell, I've been a workaholic my whole life and I'm starting to try to shift gears and try to live some life. Right. But there, there comes that time and point where you got to start recognizing the dollar isn't everything. Right. And you got to start putting your time and priority in yeah. other assets and life and aspects and enjoy some life. Yeah. Go on some vacations. That's what you worked for. That's why you got some of that overtime money stashed away. Go splurge on yourself a little bit. Don't go wait till you see it all the fucking time, man. You see like my uncle and listen to my grandpa's story, but I see it all the time. Like somebody, they finally get to the age of retirement. They retire and they collect one fucking check and they die. Yeah. yeah. I know right. like my dad, you know, he worked for four for 30 years and yeah. <clears throat> he busts his ass, whatever, worked the overtime, did all that stuff. But then like, you know, guys that he worked with for that whole time, all of a sudden it's like he used to go to breakfast with these guys and there's 20 of them. And all of a sudden a week later, there's only 15 of them. And yeah. then there's only, and now there's only a handful of them. It's yep. like some of these guys died on the way home from work because their clock was off. I, you know, it's like, but see, as you're younger though, you could go on so that you vacation. Enjoy your fucking life, but yeah. at the same time, work hard and you know, but you you did it. You you went around the world. You traveled a little bit. You enjoyed life. You yeah. worked hard, and it took you places. And you and again, you might not be financially where you're at, but you've you've lived more fucking life than a lot of people. I, I, even I know. fucking don't. I I don't second guess or like. I don't. And I would never take that back. But the it, the thing that people realize <laughs> and they, they just hoard money. It was easier to make that money back in the day. So yeah. go on your vacation, splurge a little bit. That's what it's all about. Don't wait till you retire until you get this fucking old ass soggy ball age. Soggy balls. You know, you want to start enjoying life then. You know, hip dysplasia, cancer, fucking something stupid. A fucking car hits you. Anything dumb is you are waiting to put life on hold. And you listen to a lot of the guys talk and they're like, I'm going to start living when I fucking retire. And then fucking two years in, you know, one of them's sick. They never fucking did nothing. It's a heart attack. And they didn't go anywhere. Now you got a boatload of fucking money. But you ain't going to spend it. Yeah, live some life a little yeah. bit. So, so yeah. Since we're we're on the old man advice episode with a um, dog, with so three old men and a dead dog. That's yeah. what we're going to call this one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, one of the things that occurs to me is I would really advise people go follow your passion and that's really not even age specific. I would encourage you from an early age because you just get that big of a jump start on life, but go pursue what you're passionate about. And I really truly mean that if you find passion in whittling chess pieces, go fucking fucking do it because you will be successful if you throw yourself into something you're passionate about. And I wish I would have done that earlier. Instead, you know, kind of touching on what you were, Rick, chasing the almighty dollar. I was going to go into bank consulting and I wasted fucking seven years of my life pursuing something that I had no desire to do. Absolutely hit it every aspect. And instead, had I flipped over into construction right off the bat and followed my passion, like who the fuck knows where I'd be now? Well, and that's the thing, right? Like I was, I was a product of the situation, right? I, I started this at seven years old and uh, it's just one of those things is I was very naive. I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't realize how lucrative and money making that you can make in this industry. I think we all were in the beginning. Yeah. You know. But I I was after it because I enjoyed it. I loved the outside. Yeah. I loved running fucking heavy equipment. I just, I loved all the aspects. I love the sewers, the basements, you know, water taps to clear and lay. I loved it all. And I just mopped it up. Yeah. Not realizing that 
I was gaining so much knowledge and experience from so many aspects in life to where I'm at now. And I'm not, I'm a pretty humble bean, but when you run apples to apples, I'll run the gauntlet with anybody. You know what I mean? A human bean. A human bean. (laughs) But when, you know, I'd, I'd put everything on the line. I mean, I am right now with this one job coming up. I'll put everything on the line. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll bet on myself and who's around me. Yep. Right? Not no one, because I'm going to be in Tomahawk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to talk after this. Give me a call on one and you guys yeah, get I done need, with I this. Need, I need some fucking real help. You got to figure out. You got to figure out. You guys week. fucking need a job. Look me up. But, yeah. you, know, you know, that's really the biggest thing, gotta, though. You've been sitting note, here all night. Guys. Tot, I got to go oh, put Tot, the Tot, We'll see you, Todd. So. You've been sitting here all night telling us to fucking slow down and take vacation. And here I am taking vacation and you're bitching at me for it. What the fuck, you're, Rick? You're taking a workcation. That ain't a fucking <laughs> vacation, bro. See you, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you get looking at it all, and that's when people got to realize something like, it, it is scary investing in yourself, buying a piece of equipment, putting the knowledge into stuff and the product on the line. But at the end of the day, I would rather go all in on myself and bet on myself and the people that I have around me than a fucking employer driving a ship because I've been there. And all of a sudden, like, you know, three years in, I get a fucking pink slip. Yeah. I would rather see what's coming. I'd rather just put the chips in. Yeah. And I never realized what, and, and I'm blessed and I'm very thankful for where I'm at. Um, it, it's come with a lot of sweat equity and a lot of fuck ups and a lot of success at the same time and luck. But at the same time, you know, there's nothing more rewarding than putting in your work and fucking seeing all the chips play out. Right. When you go all in and you win that fucking hand and that's, that's the biggest thing that I never realized. And a lot of you people, when you're young and you're just like, ah, oh, this just sucks. There's so many doors. And we were just talking about this. There's so many doors to a hallway anymore in this industry that people don't even realize. Like you might just got an entry level job. Like when I was a laborer, I wanted to be the best labor and I learned everything I could because I was like, man, if I can, if I could fucking do all this, I could run the machine and help the guy if he ever needs help or tell him what I need to do. Cause those guys were yelling at me what I need to do. Cause they've been there. Right. And I was very naive that it, yeah. Were they yelling and it was the grind? Yeah, it was, but it was an education that I'd never take back. Did it suck the long hours? Fuck. Yeah. It sucked. Did it suck in the rain and being the bitch that has to go get the straw blankets and fucking do the live sewer tap and fucking shit and corns going past you. Like, yeah, I did, but I never would take any of it back because those moments were some of the best moments I ever had with some of the... You should have seen when that condom crude. floated by. Rick I, had the biggest, dumbest smile on his face. I, I tell you what, man. <laughs> it's a balloon. I tell you what. So I was I was at the age of drinking back then, and uh, we were doing these live sewer taps down Detroit. And back then, everybody ran together, played together, right? Like I'd hang out with the laborers and the yeah. operators. You'd go to bar and fucking drink, sometimes close the bar. Yep. See each other fucking six hours fucking later on the job. Everyone hurting. But there was always somebody that got a little fucking too carried away. Yep. Well, this day, man, Raphael got a little too carried away and he was the excavator operator and fucking we're down Detroit. And if you ever cored a hole into a fucking sewer tap down there, when you core it, it relieves the pressure of the sewer because yes, there's so much shit going Yeah. Dude, we were covered in fucking mm. shit. Mm-mm. It instantly went from being at our ankles up to our fucking chest within like two, three minutes. Like, you know, but we're putting the saddle on. We're getting everything fucking going. And I remember looking back 
And like I said, it was disgusting. I never take it back. And he's just up there and he's got this weak stomach and he's already Oof. fucking drinking. Oof. I remember him looking down. He's adding to the. Yeah. And, the and I'm like, and he, and the smell's coming, you Oof. know, and he's like, you guys got to hurry up and get out of there. And I'm like, oh, we got it. We just got to put this 45 on. And I was like, I remember fucking uh, Jose. I had a couple of the Mexican crews that I was on because I was young. And I look over and I'm like, Hey, Raphael, look, someone ate fucking corn last night. I reached out with my tongue, like, trying to touch it, but I obviously didn't touch it. Yep. That was it, dude. It was chunks all over the fucking oh. place. But, you know, those are the experience. It was shitty, obviously. But, you know, you look at it You look at it back to the times, like, when I was driving semi or helping a low boy driver, and I would just jump in to fucking help bind the machines. Yep. Or help unload the fucking machines. Or I'd sit there and I'd watch the guy sideload the fucking machine on or off and ask him how come he's fucking up the trailer and he would explain why he's doing it and it was because we can't destroy the fucking road or the curb so yeah. there was there's a madness to all this science and i took it for granted right i was naive but i kept learning and learning and learning so i got to the point where if somebody would show up i would fucking prep it i'd take care of it. i'd have them right there get in and out in and out right running the loader, running pipe, running sand, thinking about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're running a whole job site in your head and you know what everybody's doing and thinking. Yeah. The job site, right? It's the song and dance. Yep. Again, I didn't know what I was doing, but here we go down this road of education. And that's really the biggest thing that I could just not stress enough is just put in your time and fucking suck it up like a sponge, put in the hours Give the helping hand, you know, and we're we're all in it together, right? With all the trades. It's not just like the electricians were just using the cutoffs all the other day. They were in a bind. They didn't have it. Something come up. But it's going to come back tenfold, right? It's sure. just how life happens. So when we're in a bind one day and I don't have a tool and I need it, they're go someone, somebody's going somebody's to have it, yeah. right? Because you, you did what was right and you did the deed that should have been done because you're into trades together. So... That's really, if you could take any of this wisdom and whatever away from it, I mean, that's looking back of it all. That's where I got to where I'm at today. And I've been very successful at it because I ran the gauntlet of just being naive and sucking it all up with a sponge, but I didn't have the phone on me all the time. You know, to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, I do want to tweak it just a little bit. Uh, and it kind of plays off what I was saying. Go go pursue your passion. Because ultimately, that's what you did. You were Correct. passionate about the equipment, and that's why you've excelled. Yeah. And and I do want to be specific here that if you're in the trades and you hate the trades, don't be in the fucking trades. No, there's, that's there's our passion. But it doesn't have got, to be your passion. But people got to realize, in the trades, though, you might like the trades, but you don't want to be in that trade. Or you like that specific trade, but... You don't, you want, just to don't want to be the guy on the shovel correct. or the guy on. Yep. There's multiple doors. If you get looking around, Absolutely. Though, whether it's the supply house, whether it's the truck driver, whether it's the guy with the drone or it's the, you know, guy that keeps track of the trucks or comes to truck like, or the HR, like there's, there's so, so many, many yes. avenues that people don't realize and look. So, you know, like it's just now that though, if you don't want to be that guy, don't be that guy. Look around. You you make great money. There's so many aspects of this. Well, and that's kind of where I was going is if you really pursue your passion, you can be successful in anything. And I'll use myself as an example. Yeah. I make fucking YouTube videos. I know. How do you make a living making YouTube videos? Yet, 
here I've I've thrown my life into my passion is the excavating industry. I also really enjoy the audio visual aspect of things, you know, recording, photography, videography, yeah. and then audio. And I have somehow by pursuing those passions made this thing that is successful. And I'm not saying that every single person is going to be successful if you go do this, but no. but if you're truly pursuing your passion, if you think about it, if you're passionate about something, you're going to think about that all the time, nonstop from 18 different angles. Yep. You can you can plow a road to where you are successful if you're following your passion. And that's what I wish I would have done earlier on is just get past all of the, I need to go make a shitload of money or I need to worry about what everyone thinks with me getting a college degree or whatever it is. Take all the noise out of it. Correct. And go pursue your passion and then you'll be successful. Success will come out of that. And then the other piece of advice I would say to kind of piggyback off of you, but change it a little bit. When you're young, before you've got a family and kids, before you've got all of these ties, go throw yourself into your passion. 100% work your fucking ass off and then get yourself to a point where when you get the family and the kids you can dial back a little bit and you're still way ahead yeah but but you know and it's go, just go live some life a little bit it's though young man it's easier it's easier live some life but it's easier to start over when you're young than it is when you're old get some of that fuckery out of you when you're younger but but i want to be careful with the fuckery because yeah, we ain't, young, we ain't talking about a bunch of babies out. Well, no, but but even just the partying all the time. Like, you think about the young man syndrome of, I'm going to go spend every dollar I make, you know, this weekend fucking drinking. And the problem is, you have totally squandered, what, from 18 to 26? Yeah, but, you know, at that time, you know, it it was the fun thing to do, right? For us, you know, we, we hung out with a lot of bonfires. It was a gathering. There was a time and place for it. You know, and that's that's the really the big difference now is our age to the younger age, right? And I and I see people my age and older get I don't know, socialized and socialism or not socialism, uh Facebook, um social Social media. Social media, there we go. Fucking I'm say, a. socialism, sweet Jesus, yeah. Rick. Fucking A. Well, here we go. <laughs> but you know, they get caught they get caught up in this fantasy world and you see as you get older, a lot of people don't realize, you know, there's a lot of people out there drinking and making themselves look like they're having a great time and they look like they live in this great, phenomenal, extravagant life. And what they don't show you is who they are in the real world. They're fucking depressed. They're, they're an alcoholic because credit they're living card in debt. debt up to their eyeballs, yeah. yet, fucking miserable human being to live with. They yeah, abuse their yeah. wife. Yeah. And they, and they don't, they don't show you why they're going down those roads. So, you know, being young, you got you got to start recognizing the real world and the real time. And then you got, you know, social media time and the, the social media world. And you see so many people get caught up in it. And that's why they can't set the phone down is because they're always worried about what so-and-so is doing or, oh, someone's got a car or they're going on a trip or they're doing this. Just do you. Yeah. Be Stop you. worrying about everyone else. You know. I, I, I hung out with guys that were 20 years older than I was all the time. And I fucking loved it because they, they had their fucking things going on. I They tipped good. They fucking <laughs> tipped great. Whether it was the fucking dick in the head or the fucking dollar bill. You know, but, you know. I guess looking at a lot of things, though, too, is, like I said, I grew up younger. 
I, I idolized a couple guys that were my mentors and I found, I found people that I wanted to be like the lifestyle that they had, the family that they had, you know, the career that they were at, you know, like Greg said, it was perfectly, he's got a plumber that drives a Corvette every day. Yep. And people are like, ah, go follow that guy. Be that guy. Go, go be the guy. But don't go be a plumber to get a Corvette. Correct. The reason that plumber did that is because he's passionate about what he does. He worked his ass off for it and he's got a fucking Corvette. Correct. And there's a time and place for it all, but find people that are really successful and that are really good at what they do. You know, and they're typically to give any pointers to some new guys. They're always the ones that don't get laid off and they work a fucking fuckload because the boss needs them. Yeah. You know, they're the guys that ballot. They're the go-to guys on the job. But learn from those guys anytime you can, man. Be a sponge. Yeah. Fucking help him. Get a tool. Hold the shot. I don't fucking hold his hand if he'll let you. Fucking take some knowledge from it. I better use my strong hand. You know. (laughs) I love that sound. Just set the fucking phone down, though, and step away from the social media world. Absolutely. Well, you got anything else? I feel like that just put a nice little bow on this thing. I think that's it, man. You guys know our spiel. If you want to get on the podcast, you know, reach out to us. Um, Instagram, Facebook. We have a web page here popping up in a minute. Tell your stories, your family, your friends that are in the trades. Ship us some pictures. We'd love to have you on. Tell your stories. Hang on. I'm going to hold our fucking audience's feet to the fire. Fucking A. Hold you it. guys have to tell your friends about this platform. So we grew like crazy. And now we're just sitting. And you guys need to get the word out. Help us get the word out. In fact, if you will email us, contact at dieselandironproductions.com. I will mail you for free some sweat and grime stickers to pass out on your job site. Spread the word. We got to grow this thing. Well, you know, everybody's asking for two episodes a week or more. We can't do that unless we have more people. Yes. That we could push this grow the platform audience. down the road a little bit further. Or we could possibly put out two a week. Absolutely. With that note. You guys have yourselves a lovely week, and we'll catch you guys next week on Sweat and Grind, baby. Peace. Thanks, guys.